Hey everyone, welcome to Pieces of You, a show about life through the lens of four fierce and resilient women who lost their moms too damn soon. Each episode will feature stories to inspire hope, healing, and connection. Because if we work together, we can make the broken better. It is Sarah here, and I am your host for episode 12 of season two. I am accompanied this morning by my amazing co-hosts, Erin, Shadia, and Christine. We are going to be talking about forgiveness, if it's really all it's hyped up to be, and also why it can sometimes be so hard. A friendly reminder that the show contains a content warning related to the topic of mother loss. Please check the show notes for a more detailed description. All right. I know we all checked in for a little bit, but I'm curious how you all are feeling about recording today. And if you have any idea what we're going to be, kind of the directions we're going in, what might come up for you? I have no idea. I'm excited though. Good. Yeah. I'm excited. I mean, I can't stop singing the song in my head from, I don't know, 80s, 90s, the please forgive me. (laughs) I can't stop loving you. That's me using humor in an uncomfortable situation right now. <laughs> I do not know that song. I don't know it either. What? I think it's like Firehouse. Can't <laughs> deny it. It's, okay. Anyways, we'll point look it is, up. I'll post in the show notes. For sure. If we can get a, an audio clip in here without like copyright issues, we'll do that too. <laughs> uh, Shadia, you singing that song just reminded me of like another song from the 80s. Artist is Don Henley, if anybody remembers him. And he has the song, it goes like, forgiveness, forgiveness. <laughs> Even, and it's, it's fantastic. Anyway, so we can also link that song. We'll just, we'll just link songs from the 80s specifically yeah. about forgiveness. So. What is your favorite forgiveness song? Send us a message. <laughs> oh. <sighs> yes, that's fantastic. I think I just don't even know what to anticipate for today. So I don't know. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I wanted to start with talking about research. I thought it was really interesting that there is even research done on forgiveness, but there is. There's a lot, actually. One of the earliest studies, which was done in 2001, focused specifically on the link between forgiveness and health benefits. And it found that even thinking about forgiving an offender, you know, somebody who uh, did something that you felt wronged you, not only improved people's cardiovascular and nervous system functioning, but later research then showed that it also improved people's mental health, increased optimism, it helped increase self-confidence, compassion, help reduce stress. I mean, <laughs> I'm so anxious right now. <laughs> about I'm, like, oh, I'm like, holy shit, I must have a lot of forgiving to do because <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah, what's coming up? I know, I'm curious. That was, that might be helpful. I didn't mean to sure. interrupt you. I'm sorry. I just am like, <gasps> for real though, I'm sure a lot, of, I imagine other people have stuff coming up hearing this too. I don't want, as with like any of the information we share, you know, people to think that, take what you will. What about Chadia and Aaron? Do you guys have anything coming up? Well, when I heard you kind of saying that definition, all I can think about is how we hold it in our bodies physically how we hold everything in our bodies physically, right? You know, we hold trauma, we hold forgiveness, we hold grudge, all of these things we hold physically in our body. So when you're talking about even just thinking 
about forgiving someone who has offended you in some way can improve these things physically in your body. I think for me, that like says it all, I think, in how things show up for me in my body. And yeah, I probably could have done or could do with more forgiveness in my life. I mean, I think if we're all being honest with ourselves, right? I keep going back to like, what does forgiveness even mean? Oh, we'll get there. Maybe you're getting to that. Okay, that's where I'm like, I mean, I say I forgive somebody, but what does that actually even mean? You never forget it, right? You, it's still in there. So does it mean like you are accepting what was done and you can see past it? Like, I I don't know. I think that's where I'm like, I recognize the physical reaction that I have when I haven't forgiven someone or I still just have pent up feelings and anger, whatever it may be. But I think I'm still like, what does it even mean to forgive? Because there's, it's not tangible, right? I have forgiven, check. Like, have you? There's no way to prove it. Yeah. It also makes me think about who is it for? Is it for you? Is it for the other person? And is forgiveness always necessary? For not knowing what we're going to talk about, you are doing my outline as you speak. I wanted to kind of just talk about initial reactions to forgiveness. Normally, we start with the definition. We're going to get into that because it is so abstract, like you're saying, Shadia. And there's a lot of different perspectives on it as well. So Shauna Shapiro in Rewire Your Mind, Discover the Science and Practice of Mindfulness writes, forgiveness is perhaps the most challenging of all the resources available to us and the most transformational. Forgiveness is not one, but several skills, which includes acceptance, shifting perspectives, emotional regulation, compassion, and radical responsibility. So when you think of it in that sense, I think it's a little bit easier to understand why it can be such a difficult process because there's so many elements that each in and of itself requires energy, work, practice. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you are okay with how you're being treated or that you approve of another person's behavior, but there is only so much you know you can tolerate as a person and you have to decide that for yourself. And so I think when you observe someone else acting in a way that is just not healthy, like you decide is not healthy for you, then yeah, creating a boundary around that is important. But I think it's recognizing that you want the other person to change and they may not want that for themselves. So for me, so many times it has just been words, you know, it's words, it's the desire for forgiveness because that will make the person feel better, but there's actually no desire to do anything differently. Or I I know I'm being vague, but I don't really want to get into specifics, but I don't really have space to continue to be asked for forgiveness when you're going to continue to do the same shit over and over and over again. Your request for forgiveness or your desire for forgiveness has nothing to do with me or how I feel or how this situation has impacted me. It has everything to do with you feeling better about yourself and moving on, right? Moving on in your head, right? I don't know. I'm a little fiery. Good. Bring it. (laughs) Yeah. You were talking about that earlier. The is the forgiving for who is it for? Is it for me? Is it for them? 
Aaron, I don't want to put you on the spot, but you look like you've got something. No, I've had like several points have like popped out at me. So the first one was to begin forgiveness, you need to take responsibility for how you feel. And so that to me seems related to radical responsibility. And I don't know if that's true, but I'm like, oh, radical responsibility. What is that? That seems like a part of it. So like taking responsibility for how you feel. I think that that's really hard to do. I think it's really hard to acknowledge that you would feel so hurt by someone or so hurt by this, you know, or taken advantage of by this person. And I think particularly if we look at instances where gaslighting has been involved, that's happened in situations with me, like an abusive partnership. It's happened in my relationship with my father. And so like, I'm relating it to these specific things that I've experienced in my life as well. And that can really prevent you from actually accepting how you feel. Because mm-hmm. it's denying, you're being denied your reality. Right. Just to acknowledge the fact that you've been hurt or you've been taken advantage of. I think that that's huge. And it's really hard in the first place. But also if certain factors have been key in you being hurt or being taken advantage of. So that's something that popped up for me. Another thing was, so when we're talking about forgiveness is not one skill, but several, one thing that popped up for me was emotional regulation. And I have never thought about that in terms of forgiveness. I've thought about emotional regulation in terms of healing and communication and everything like that. But it really stood out to me because I think that that's where I struggle with it is emotional regulation. And it's interesting to me because my surviving parent, my father, has never been able to model emotional regulation for me. And so when I look at it, losing my mom as a teenager, not being able or being supported in certain ways to emotionally regulate myself through the grief. And then the surviving parent has never been able to show me that. In fact, it's the opposite, lashing out all these sorts of things at me, with me, not being able to show me that, and still to this day. And that's where a lot of my relationship with my father is at. I get emotionally dysregulated because much like Christine, my relationship with my father is one that I think of in terms of this big forgiveness aspect and things I've been able to forgive and things that I haven't. And then the other thing that I go into when thinking about this situation specifically is boundaries around forgiveness. So I don't see forgiving as like, I forgive you. Now we're able to continue our relationship just as it was. I forgive you. However, that doesn't mean that I'll allow you into my life the way that you were before. It doesn't mean that I will allow you to take advantage of me again. It doesn't mean that I'll allow you to be around me or talk to me during certain times or at all, because maybe I need a break. And so the boundaries around forgiveness go hand in hand for me. I think that boundaries is a key part of forgiveness. And I think that that is a part that keeps you safe when you forgive someone. I think it's like a self-protecting mechanism. You're so right. Just because you forgive does not mean that everything goes out the door and you have to act like you did before and like your relationship is what it was. I think I get stuck on that as well. Like I can forgive with keeping my own boundaries. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
to how I wanted to proceed. And I don't know about any of you, but I've had people at certain times in my life push back on that. Well, I thought this was behind us, so why can't I? And pushing and pushing the boundaries. And it kind of goes back to that trust of like, well, I forgive you, but it doesn't mean that that I necessarily trust you or trust this relationship we have to be at a healthy dynamic without this boundary. I forgive you and it's a duality again. It's that and statement. I forgive you and yet this is my boundary. And when people push on that boundary, when it's tied to forgiveness, that's a huge red flag for me. That is the biggest red flag. That means that like, uh (laughs) uh-oh, I better like keep this boundary even stronger or maybe put up a little bit more because I'm getting a lot of pushback. So it, it looks like this person is just trying to feel better about themselves. They're not actually looking to change. They're not actually looking to continue to build this relationship with me. I get that way too. I like recoil when I sense people pushing up against boundaries because I feel so vulnerable setting them that to have somebody then challenge them, I'm just like, I'm not strong enough for this yet. I can't do this. And I'm getting stronger, I feel like, in setting boundaries. But I think that's a really good point that it's everybody is just trying to create their own safety. And so on the other side of that, if you are the one pushing up against someone's boundaries or you're feeling, you know, like somebody's not moving on from something and they're, you know, holding on to it and it's bothering you, I think it's important to remember that it's not about you. It's about the other person creating safety for themselves. I want to go kind of meta here and unpack the meaning and sociocultural implications of forgiveness. Forgiveness implies there was an act of injustice or wrongdoing that is in need of forgiving. And so when I was doing research, the word grievance came up a lot to describe this. If we're going to break down the concept of forgiveness, then I think it's important to really understand the dictionary definition of grievance, not to be confused with grief. I feel like there's probably some overlap there, but we will save that for a different conversation. So according to the online Merriam-Webster dictionary, grievance can be defined as a cause of distress felt to afford reason for complaint or resistance. Notice how this is very subjective in nature. Again, like I was saying in the example of somebody is offended by something you do and you're like, why can't they get over it? Just kind of trust that they're having their own experience and try to respect that. At the Center for the Empowerment Dynamic, they state that forgiveness is not about being passive in the face of injustice, abuse, or condoning the wrong actions of others. Rather, forgiveness requires courage to let go of your own inner judgments and focus on seeing the other as a creator in their own right, while not approving of the hurtful external behavior. And in her TED Talk, spiritual teacher and medicine woman Carmel Kemp discusses why she believes forgiveness is unnecessary at all. Her perspective is that we all make mistakes, which is how we learn. But because we get so caught up in right and wrong, we often fall into a cycle of regret and remorse, otherwise coined by vulnerability researcher Brene Brown as the dreaded shame shitstorm. By staying anchored in our own love and worthiness and by viewing others through a shared lens of love and compassion, we are able to see that forgiveness is not necessary because love is incapable of holding a grudge. That last line is a direct quote from Carmel. So 
that was a really different view of forgiveness. I don't agree. <laughs> That's, yeah, I, just, let's hear. I, I just don't think it, it takes account of real humaning. You know, it's just, that's not how most of us are wired. So I think what really did resonate with me when you were speaking, and I was thinking about this earlier, is that idea of letting go, not attaching ourselves to something that hurt us. And, And we know that when we do that, you know, we get stuck in these spirals of holding on to that, how we hold that in our body, all the things we already touched on. But that, you know, using that phrase and somewhat, it kind of bugs me to some extent. It feels like kind of trendy, just let it go, right? But there is something to releasing that. And like I mentioned earlier, a lot of times the stuff does come back up and you have to acknowledge it again and maybe work through it again and release it again. I kind of agree with Christine. I'm not sure how I feel about that last part. I mean, love isn't capable of holding a grudge. I understand that. But I think that that's a lofty expectation of flawed human beings. And maybe some people can get there, but I think that a lot of us are not going to get there. We're going to muddle through this hurt and forgiveness and hurt and forgiveness throughout our whole lives. I do agree with this. Sometimes we get so caught up in right and wrong and black and white. And I think that to me is related to from Sarah, when you had said the Center for Empowerment and and Dynamic, saying that forgiveness requires courage to let go of your inner judgments and see the other person as a creator, like they're making their own decisions. That's their responsibility. It's not your responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. So like taking responsibility for yourself versus taking on their responsibility of their hurtful actions, right? So being able to separate the two, I think is really important and a great skill to work on. But it would be really great if forgiveness was completely unnecessary. And it would be so great if I could let it all go and not need forgiveness to continue or end or stagnate relationships in my life. But it's not realistic for me personally. And I think for a lot of people, I think maybe working towards it, I think maybe that's admirable and that's very loving and compassionate and i think that these are you know compassion and love we need to keep those in mind when it comes to forgiveness but i think that it's too lofty of an expectation for flawed human beings i want to meld the perspectives i like the idea of being compassionate but also acknowledging our humanity and i think if we can hold both we'll be okay in life you know if we can just recognize we're human but also have compassion for ourselves, there might be less of a tendency to even feel like we need to forgive ourselves and other people because we're just humaning, you know, we're just doing it. It's funny during this conversation, I've really only been thinking about the ways that others have wronged me. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) I'm like, wow, because I am just so perfect. And (laughs) I don't, I don't need to be forgiven for anything. Right. I mean, but just sitting here, I'm like, (laughs) get over yourself. Right. Just, you know, really wanting to acknowledge that I see the importance of being forgiven in my own life when I know I have hurt other people. You know, I'm going to say it's typically unintentional. You know, I don't think I'm ever really trying to do something that's harmful to others, but I know it happens. You know, I've seen it in for sure as I mother and in my new relationship where 
some of my insecurities have come up and I've said things that are hurtful and really being aware of that and wanting to do better and needing to ask for forgiveness. And also, like I was talking about in my experience with my father and my ex-husband, seeing them ask for forgiveness, but then they continue to do those behaviors. I certainly have done the same thing. Certainly, especially as I've mothered, I think, where, you know, I, I return to a certain way of speaking or, you know, that's just, it's harmful. And I do have to continue to ask for forgiveness for the same shit <laughs> over and over. So I do want to acknowledge that it's, you know, that it's not just on everyone else in my life. Like, <laughs> I also need to take responsibility for things that I have done and, and will continue to do, I'm sure, as I'm growing, painfully growing on this earth. I can relate to that so much. I'm glad you brought that up. I feel like that's the worst feeling I get is when I know that I'm doing something that I've said I'm going to work on or I will change and I'm catching myself doing it or I just did it and I know it's going to happen again kind of thing. But so I wish there was maybe better language to describe the process of that change. Like, you know, I'm not going to this isn't going to happen overnight. And I, I'm sorry along the way. It takes like true patience when you're in that situation to be like, I know I'm not going to get forgiven overnight and they're not going to get over it. It's really hard, especially for an Enneagram three. <laughs> Remind <laughs> everybody to, it's an achiever, but in that category, it's not all positive. It sounds like, oh, you're an achiever. It's somebody who really also likes others to like you and be accepted. And so forgiveness is extremely hard. Not necessarily to forgive other people is not as hard, but you want to be forgiven quickly because you want to be accepted and you don't want people to be mad at you. (laughs) And self-forgiveness ties into all of this as well. It's all related. Yeah, we haven't even really fully talked about that. No. I think that self-forgiveness is a hard concept for me in general. Like, I think that a lot of people struggle with that after mother loss or parent loss. I could have done more. I could have said more. I should have had a final conversation. Should have told her I loved her. I shouldn't have fought with her the night before. That sort of a thing. For me personally, my immediate forgiveness, I don't know if if I've shared this before on the actual podcast, but the night before my mom died, I was late for curfew hanging out with my boyfriend And we had a fight about it. And she was mad at me. And she's tired. And she was like, you need to be responsible, blah, blah, blah. And I wanted to keep fighting. And she was like, no, I'm tired. We'll talk about it in the morning. And then we never got to talk about it in the morning. And so I held on to that for a really long time. And like knowing that she died that night. So that's something very specific in my mother loss story that I held on to for years. And I don't think I realized it right away at first, but yeah. So that's something very specifically related. I think that there are a lot of parentless people, motherless people out there that can probably relate to a story like that. I've heard a lot of them. Yeah. I want to add, I mean, I definitely, this has definitely come up in our community through She Climbs Mountains so many times. I mean, you guys have probably had conversations in the young adult group as well. One of the things I I have learned, I didn't so much have that with my mom, but I, I did with my dad before he died and or after he died. 
you know, that acknowledgement of like, we show up with the skills that we have, with the knowledge that we have, the developmental stage that we're at. And we, I like to believe that we do the best that we can with those things, right? And so that opens a door for forgiveness when we say, I brought what I had at that time and it was, it was where I was at and it's the best I can do. And, you know, I'm sorry, you know, really, truly forgiving yourself. It's so hard though. And there are some, I mean, I have, I have heard some heartbreaking stories and Aaron, thank you for sharing that because I don't know how it feels to be vulnerable in that way, but I appreciate that you, that you were. And I know there are so many people that can relate to that, that type of story. Christine, that last part that you said about, I wonder if what you said is related to radical responsibility as well. Mm, Yeah. Just, I think that all ties into it. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. We just defined it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're welcome, everyone. (laughs) Yeah. I really appreciate you bringing that up. Erin, I relate to what you said in a different way because I was 13 not because I was 13, but when in my 13-year-old self, like Christine said, where I was at developmentally, I either was told that I have to leave the hospital the night before she died, or I chose to. I probably chose to because I didn't want to stay there. I mean, I was 13 years old, you know? And I have so much regret and anger toward that, toward myself. I have had that. I would say I've come a long way in forgiving myself and that I think was really helped by doing EMDR where the therapist really put me in that situation in my 13 year old self mind and body. And I kind of like re-experienced it. It was terribly painful, but I think for once I finally saw where I was at in that moment. And that would not have been realistic for me to stay there. I, I haven't fully forgiven myself, but I'd say I'm getting, I'm getting closer. But I was 13. You know, like, I think finally I've got to that point where I see that perspective, but it's taken, it's taken a long time. Ultimately, what I'm hearing is like time and work can lead to a different perspective, which can lead to forgiveness. And so just trusting that you can get there and it's okay not to be there right now. And forgiveness is not one skill. I mean, that, that that was one of the first things that you brought up in the research that you did. It's not one skill. And I think specifically because we were all kids, teenagers, when we lost our mom, we didn't have those skills. We didn't have those skills at the time to forgive others, let alone ourselves. We didn't know what that was. We didn't know what that meant. And we built it up over time and through healing our traumas and through asking for help and seeking guidance and just learning through our own lives. So far, we've discussed some different perspectives on forgiveness. We've talked about research that supports the health benefits of forgiveness, why it's so hard, and some of the tools to get there. As always, take what is useful and leave the rest. I often find that information can serve different purposes at different times. And so I'd be curious to hear what resonated with you from today's episode. We would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening this week. And thank you to my brave and vulnerable co-hosts for sharing their stories and wisdom. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. 
You can listen wherever you stream your podcasts. You can also find us at piecesofyoupodcast.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Pieces of You Podcast. If you love our pod, please rate and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We would so appreciate it. Take care of yourselves and remember, if we work together, we can make the broken better. 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 (laughs) We're going to do that in harmony one day. Okay. (laughs) Better, better, better. feel like you need glue to put back pieces of you then we will work together to make the broken better when the wounds are fresh and new and you don't think that they'll heal soon you gotta stay open if you share your story it will get better though it doesn't feel like ever and you'll get stronger it's a journey we'll get here for